Hello there and welcome to Film Raw here at Bunkerzilla UK. It's the place where we roar with the latest movie news and reviews from the cinematic world. I'm your host Ian Bolton, the genre giant, and joining me this episode to talk about the mega monster matter of the year, otherwise known as Godzilla vs Kong, is guest reviewer Shenny. Hello Shenny! Good e uh, evening. Well, I mean it is evening. We're all recording in the evening, but yes, hello, hello. Hello, how are you doing? Uh, not bad, not bad. Spent a week trying to do some stuff and failing miserably at it so oh. yeah we're off to a, a good start <laughs> but it's friday it's chill time but yeah have you been enjoying your your movies lately uh, the ones i have managed to sit down and spend some time with yeah sure um but yeah like they're they're, they're okay for the time being for, considering there isn't a huge slate of movies that i would normally watch out because mm. of pandemic reasons um so yeah, I think I think they've been okay for for what's been available. Good, good. Well, we'll we'll have a little chat about that towards the end of the show. Um, but we got we got lots on our plate today, so we will be talking about Godzilla versus Kong very very shortly. So do stick around, listeners. But first, we're going to talk about some trailers, and we don't really talk about trailers a lot on the show. Um, but I thought this would be a good one to talk about, considering the responses I've seen to it. Um, let's talk about Space Jam: A New Legacy. Welcome, King James. I am the king of this domain. This is the serververse. What'd you do to my son? Where's Dom? The only way you're getting your son back is if you and I play a little basketball. Pete, send this clown to the rejects. Wait. What is this? I'm a cartoon? What's up, Doc? The trailer for this came out last week. It's one of the big tentpole releases from Warner Brothers for 2021. It's the, the long overdue and eagerly awaited sequel to the classic 90s cartoon sports clash. And uh, for a new generation, it's sadly not Michael Jordan playing basketball this time, but it's the megastar LeBron James himself. And he's having to fight a digital AI in the form of Don Cheadle to save his son from the serververse or something along those lines. And the only way LeBron can save his offspring is by naturally playing a game of basketball with the famous student squads. That's Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Clodo Bunny, all that sort of stuff. Um, that's the premise of the film in a nutshell. And that, that seems perfectly fine and perfectly kind of normal. Um, I think what's going on at the moment is everyone's more paying attention about what's going on around the basketball court in the trailer. And this is essentially, so the way that the way the trailer is putting it out is we have, we have LeBron James, we have the Looney Tunes and we have the new digitized Monstars um, based, I think on, on current NBA players. I don't know who they are. So I'm, I'm sorry, basketball fans. Like I can't reel the names off the top of my head, but surrounding the ring is this ultimate meta universe of practically any Warner Brothers property you can feasibly imagine. You've got Flintstones watching, you've got Scooby-Doo watching. Heck, if you squint, you can see a couple of the Thundercats watching in the background. Um, you even got Kong popping along to, to, to watch as well. And the more you look into the audience, the more you, you pick out some very interesting faces. So you've got uh, people from Westeros, uh, Game of Thrones there. So you've got like, uh, I think like, is it the Ice King or the, the, the Night King? I can't remember. I, I, I literally dropped off Game of Thrones season one, so uh, same, same. It's like it's like after Sean Bean came along and went, I went, oh, and yeah. and then oh, and yeah, if you if you squint, you can see some of the you can see some of the War Boys from Mad Max, or even uh, even some gang members from A Clockwork Orange. So 
yeah. <laughs> it's like that. It's like all that's kind of caught the attention of people watching the trailer at the moment, and um, they've been comparing this a lot to Ready Player One, and I and I don't blame them, to be honest. I don't know. Um, what are you? What are your initial thoughts on the on the trailer? I don't know who this film is for. Mm. I really don't like. The original was a kids' film. Mm-hmm. I don't quite know what relevance the Looney Tunes have in twenty twenty one. So I'm not. It's not quite like oh, this is a kids' film for kids now. Yeah, because the Looney Tunes are everywhere. Like I'm, I'm not. I'm pretty sure the big thing that Warner Brothers did in regards to the Looney Tunes was bring back the Animaniacs. Like, but when I was growing up, the Looney Tunes were literally everywhere. You had the Looney Tune Kids like TV show. You had a bunch of other stuff like Bugs Bunny reruns were everywhere. Yeah. Um, I remember watching a lot of the old Looney Tunes stuff from like the the eighties and seventies just because it was on TV a lot, or I had a lot of it recorded. Is that ITV, like Channel 4, something like that? Yeah, ITV in between, like, Saturday afternoon. Saturday afternoons, after, like, an afternoon program had gone on, and you were waiting for, like, the final mm. score or the latest, the afternoon news. It's like, oh, we've got ten minutes to spare. Throw on a couple of yeah. tunes, and we'll fill up that way. So when, so when the original came out, like, it was, like, here is... Um, I don't know, like, it, it, basketball was very American culture, so, mm. it, like... But even at that point... You were like, well, it's a kids' film because Looney Tunes, right? And we yeah. all know who the Looney Tunes are. Now, like the swap with LeBron James works fine. Yeah. In in, in respect to swapping Michael Jordan out, um, because he is quite frankly probably the best basketball player of his generation. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe. I again, I don't follow the sport, um, but I don't quite like. It seems like the the premise has entirely shifted because the, like, what was what was the premise of the original? It was. Michael Jordan was playing golf and he got sucked down a, a what's it hole and because they wanted his help to win a basketball game. Like the Looney Tunes wanted his help. Yeah. Aliens wanted the Looney Tunes on their planet to increase in traction to their theme park. And when they said, oh, yeah, we'll yeah. challenge you to a game, it's like, oh, it'll be fine. And then they realized that they've stolen actual basketball players' powers from the 90s. So they go, oh, no, we need Michael Jordan, who's retired at the time. Um, yeah. And cue your massive basketball game. Um, so yeah, it's, it, I think as a premise that works a lot better than the premise they're setting up for this one because it's like, oh yeah, no, I stole Don Cheadle AI man stole. Uh, I stole your kid, his son. <laughs> yeah, why? <laughs> why is that a thing? Like you turned it into a hostage negotiation for like no concernable value, and then Warner Brothers is like, well, Looney Tunes can't really. I feel like the the problem is Looney Tunes can't carry the film on its own anymore mm. um so they have to lean into this like well what if we add the h like warner brothers universe yeah so we see that when like he falls down um well, not falls down but he goes to toon world and he flies past like game of thrones, game world. Of thrones yeah. land uh, <laughs> and some of the other stuff and then the iron giant is there which i guess means warner brothers owns iron giant oh uh, yeah it was, um, a, it was a warner brothers film but every time i see the iron giant in like depiction since the film he's always depicted as a big stompy robot fighting things which is very against the tenant yeah. of the, the entire iron giant thing because like he didn't want to be he didn't want to be a tool of war yeah so that's why he hid and <laughs> didn't want to show himself to like and then like you see and then obviously you see him in um ready player one which yeah. is a stand stand-in for ultraman because in the book iron giant was ultraman he wasn't the iron giant Mm. Um, obviously, that Warner Brothers or Spielberg at the time was like, "Now nah, we'll use my 
my Iron Giant, as opposed to getting the rights off Toho, and then they got Mechagodzilla and fucking uh, Gundam for, <laughs> for like the ten seconds. <laughs> And it makes me so angry that the like the one of the best portrayals of a Gundam in live action is in that film, and that I don't really don't like that film. Um, mm. I don't really like the book either. Um, yeah, but I don't know. It's it it's a very interesting like thing to exist now because it feels like it has to lean into like this connected multiverse of stuff, yeah. which has just become. I don't want to like go to like Marvel Cinematic Universe or whatever like the Snyderverse cut because of, but there there isn't really. It feels like everything needs to be a multiverse. Like everything needs to be connected. Like yeah. if you're in a if you're in a Warner Brothers film and it's all about cartoons, then we can bring in all the other cartoons that we own. Mm. Why? Like, can you not tell a can you not tell a story that stands on its own without being like, that's the Iron Giant. That's yeah. what's it from Game of Thrones. I'm surprised that the filmmakers haven't kind of looked at Warner Brothers' back history of animation, especially considering they own the Hanna-Barbera cartoon characters. That's Tom I mean, and Jerry. they're in this trailer. Yeah, for instance. They're in the trailer. Yeah. Like running to the, the ball game or whatever why, it is. Why, yeah, I'm just kind of thinking, why couldn't it just be like the Warner Brothers animation characters just watching? So you've got your Cartoon Network characters. You can have Cow and Chicken watching. You can have Dexter. You can have Johnny Bravo. You can have... You can have some of the, the, the cult 90s, like the Freakazoid characters, Tiny Toons, all that sort of stuff, Animaniacs and all that watching. But it's, I think it just, it feels very weird because you're bringing in um, references to adult properties, which are probably not remotely suitable for the family audience that they're trying to aim for, I'm guessing, because my, my assumption is Space Jam should be kind of like a family film. But the way they're going, it's like, look, we're going to have, we're going to have the, the evil gang members from... Uh, Clockwork Orange in the front row, kind of spookying. Wait, is that actually in there? That is actually in there. But there's like, I, I was gonna, I was gonna say like, I just freeze framed like a part of the basketball game, and yeah. I see like the Mystery Machine. Um, I see like, uh, and, but then like front and center, like front court. Yeah, I see Danny DeVito's penguin. <laughs> Right, which is the most terrifying thing in existence in any Batman like mythos, yeah. next to the old nineteen um, sixties Adam West Penguin, right, <laughs> and behind them is the Grinch, you know, in a yellow suit. It could even be the mask. To be I honest, I think the mask is. A pe- I think the mask is one of the people on the court. But it's, it's such a weird like. If I if I like take that screenshot because it's like all right, so you got sixties Penguin, the mask behind him, you've got Danny Vito's um, Penguin. Behind Danny DeVito is a white, like faced thing, which I might be Doctor Freeze. I'm not it, entirely sure. It might be. Really it might be Pennywise. Shot. I think Pennywise is in this um, at some point. It's such a weird. And then behind that, I think it's K from Men in Black. Like I don't. Oh quite... no, that, no, that would be um, that would be a, an agent from the Matrix. Oh really? Yeah. Wonder Woman's property, Matrix. Oh, <laughs> oh of course. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like I, I just feel aesthetically like it looks worse than the original. Because at mm. least the original was like in a giant basketball court. Like you felt the size of it. This is just like they're in a CG square playing basketball. And you don't really get a, a sense of scale because of the way that like the CG is done. Yeah. And that literally everything in that scene is CG apart from John James. It, like even in the original, it was like it was animated. Yeah. Like they had that animation style. And then for the basketball game, all the tiny, t- like the toon characters are in 3d they're yeah. just in 3d now why not just have them 
And then, like, it, it looks like in the previous, in the bit leading up to that, they still got their own animation style. Yeah, and they have uh, a, a but, LeBron James gets animated as well, which I think was actually it was actually quite a nice little yeah nice little twist to have. I, I why can't they just be that? Like, I just I'd watch that. I don't want to see like the climactic thing being like, oh yeah, now everything's in three D, and I'm like, <sighs> well, I guess <laughs> fine. <sighs> but it, I, I guess that's how they decided to animate. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm. I'm still looking forward to it because I would like I I've I'd like to see a sequel to Space Jam and if it if 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 it delivers on like the the core bits of what makes a Space Jam movie cool then great my my general fear from this from this first trailer is Warner Brothers could use it as just like the massive the the biggest advertising spool for all their properties saying hey look hey look you see that game you see you see you see that Game of Thrones dragon. The more I see, like, who's standing on the sidelines, the more I hate this trailer. <laughs> right? The more I hate this trailer. Like, I... Because for, I, I feel like for whatever... Like, for this um, basketball game, they do drag a ton of people from, like... I guess, like, LeBron's family members yeah. or, like, yeah. fans of whatever team he plays for. And then it's just, like, I freeze frame when they're introducing one of the... Bas- one of the, like, the opponents or whatever. And I see 60s Catwoman... One of the um, one of the boys from um, what's his uh, the the witness me guys from oh Mad Mad Max Mad Max yeah um and then they're stood next to like the sixties Joker and then I think there's a guy from like there's a guy in like pirate outfit and then there's just a devil so perfectly uh, family I, I friendly just, films there <laughs> yeah and in the background I see the shark from Shark Tale I like. Can oh no, that's Jabberjaw. Not... That's Jabberjaw. Jabberjaw. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If you, it's like the other bits you can find space ghosts sort of fly in, which is amazing. And then, okay. and then, then you've got classic fun, uh, Thundercats. But, like, <laughs> but like this again brings up like, who is this film for? Yeah. Who is this film for? It's like, oh, we have Space Ghost. And it's like the last time I saw Space Ghost when it was like being parodied as Space Space Ghost Coast to Coast. One of like, the one of the best anime shows out there at the time because it was just amazing. And like, <laughs> like, didn't he appear in like one of the other Bravo like? Oh, there was like Adult there, Swim. Oh, Harvey Birdman. Things. Harvey Birdman, yeah. probably something like that. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it takes away. I, I think all this sort of meta-referencing and kind of property showboating on the outskirts of the court is taken away from what the focus of the film should be on, and that should be on LeBron James's character and the Looney Tunes. And the fact is, we're, we're spending more time talking about yeah. <laughs> talking about who's is watching this game. Is from Westworld? Possibly. <laughs> it's HBO. Oh, yeah, I do see the... Oh, God, I do see the... Um... Clockwork Orange? The Clockwork Orange guys, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's Thundercats in the background. What the fuck? <laughs> I just said, I said there was Thundercats in the background. Yeah, there's, there's, there's Chichara, probably standing next to either Tiger or Lino. I mean, I think, are these legit or Warner Brothers, like, properties? Yeah, they? Like, they, they are owned by Warner Brothers. I, I mean, to me, I, I don't, I don't know what I expect, given that it's directed by the same guy that did um, Scary Movie 5. Oh, I expect more after the producer because it's the guy that produced Black Panther. Oh, Ryan Coolidge. Yeah. I think for a first trailer, it's not made a very good first impression. And I think I think if there's another trailer to come and we have a bit more focus on the actual story, 
than the surroundings, okay, I'll probably be able to give a, a better idea whether or not I'm going to enjoy this or not. But it it just mm. it just it feel I think the whole you're you're right. It's like you you have to ask yourself who is this film for? Because if you're trying to say it's a family film, well, it's definitely not a family film. If you're trying to show off the fact that you've got all this adult related content in terms of Kubrick and and Matrix and all that sort of stuff lurking in the background, just saying hey hey kids, you see these characters, you don't know who they are, but your parents probably do, and it's probably not a good thing. <laughs> in that sort of way um it's i don't i don't want to bring up ready player one but i feel like ready player one does the callback better mm. because they don't they're not just there There, there's a purpose at times like they're yeah because it's like the the whole thing of like you can be anyone you can do anything kind of thing like so those are like in Ready Player One, those are players' avatars. Like they want to play Gandalf, they want yeah. to play Tracer, they want to play as Chun Li. Like, I I understand that. I understand that one of the weapons is Chucky. Like, I just get that. Whereas from this, it's just like we need to fill a basketball court. Who yeah. do we fill the basketball court with? Humans, and then literally because we're CGIing everything else, why don't we just throw in? I don't even know if they're like CGI'd. I think most of them are just actors in in garb, right? Yeah, I think most of them are kind of like actors in costumes, which they've kind of repeated a bit. Um, I mean, pretty much most of the anime characters are in weird CGI. Um, I mean, mm. even 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 Kong, who we'll talk about in a few moments, pops along in the trailer. Yeah, he, yeah, he yeah, does. yeah. He, he, yeah, he's going. Hey, I'm, I'm I've finished having my my tiff of Godzilla. I want to come and I want to come and sit and watch this game of basketball. I swear, it's just like they had a bunch of assets <laughs> left over from like Ready Player One. They would like just throw them in there as background characters. Which makes sense if you've already rendered the 3D versions of them, you might as well throw them in there. It's the same. It's the one of the reasons why uh, there was a there's some criticism levied at the spaceships in the last Star Wars film. Oh, Rise of Skywalker. Um, because they they were like, oh, why did they use these like the the Death Killer like Star Destroyers? And it's like, why did they use these models? Why did they? Why they look like the like first generation like Imperial Star Destroyers, and it just turned out that they made a really really good high detailed model for Rogue One, and they just copied and pasted it. So that's why they all looked the same, um, or at least that's the the theory behind it. Anyway, well we'll have to see. We'll have to see how Space Jam pans out. I mean, it's not out till July, so you know, only for about three three odd months to go. Yay! Uh, oh. Yeah, I mean, at least we're getting it to HBO Max. Yep, HBO Max, later, something like that. Um, I think HBO Max for obviously US uh, listeners and audiences, uh, and I think we'll probably get it either same day on premium VOD, which is what happened with Godzilla vs Kong. I think we got it the day after the initial mm. release, straight to uh, yeah, VOD. Um, but yeah, I mean it's only for this year because as of twenty twenty two, I think Warner Brothers have gone back to saying our films are going to be cinema first and then HBO Max a bit later on so um yeah the big the big distributor tiff with the cinemas has been very interesting to uh to witness and see unfold um yeah but, but yeah but yeah any 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 thoughts listeners on space jam a new legacy throw us an email film at bongazilla.co.uk would love to hear your thoughts right that's trailers over and done with let's talk about our main movie review now in the left corner he's the gigantic lizard who recently became the king of monsters in the right corner, it's the Titan of Skull Island, the legend, the myth, the fabled Kong. So let's get ready to rumble! Or watch Godzilla vs. Kong. Here's a clip. 
These are dangerous times. Godzilla's out there and he's hurting people and we don't know why. There's something provoking him that we're not seeing here. I'm of the same opinion. The myths are real. There was a war. And they're the last ones standing. Okay. Godzilla versus Kong. So the basic storyline for this one, if you want to call it a basic storyline for this one, um, it's a very interconnecting film from all the previous Godzilla films. So Godzilla King of Monsters and the original and the, the previous live action one with Brian Cranston, uh, along with Kong Skull Island for a monster crossover. Now, um, this is post King of Monsters and humanity is shocked that Godzilla has reappeared and started to attack a a technology research facility, and many people are wondering why. Why is Godzilla back? Why is he back to hurt us all? Um, meanwhile, that same technology uh, group and billionaire owner want to go find something called Hollow Earth to find a powerful energy source to help protect folks from another Godzilla-style attack. And they've managed to find Kong, who was living on Skull Island and now being looked after by researchers. And to cut a long story short, there are too many storylines going on in this. It's very bad. <laughs> Basically, something is happening that's causing Godzilla to pop out and go and destroy things. And one group of people think Kong might be able to help. And we will find out over the course of the film what's really going on. And of course, as the film suggests, Godzilla and King Kong are going to have an almighty battle. Um, and that that's the gist of it. And um, I'm I'm going to be pretty honest here. I. When I when I see a film when I hear a film of Godzilla versus Kong, I just I just want to see Godzilla and Kong just fight. I don't I don't need I don't need two thirds of this film filled with really insufferable human characters who I do not care about, who have nothing, have no have no place in this film, and are taking up and taking up time and testing my patience. And it, it sounds really harsh for me to say that, but it's like Yes, have exposition. You can have exposition. It's perfectly fine. These sort of films, you need a little bit of exp exposition to try and explain why Godzilla is as he is and why Kong is as he is. That's absolutely fine. But it's just like, it just wants to have so many layers and so many nods back to the previous films, which I get, I totally get. It's part of the series. I totally get that. But if I'm coming in fresh and I have to try and understand what an Earth Hollow Earth is all about, why 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 people used to kind of respect Godzilla but now go Godzilla would never hurt humans why is he hurting humans again and all that sort of stuff it's it's just utter bollocks to be honest I mean I mean I mean there are positives when Godzilla and Kong actually have a fight they're great it's great it's great ludicrous fun because it's it's nicely realized on the screen I mean it's like it's just nice to just see them kind of just fight one another, really. I think that's what it's like. That's what I just wanted from the film. When it was like, when if it's when it's like them battling on top of an aircraft carrier or through the streets of Hong Kong, and property damage is all going all over the place. It it does what it says on the tin. It really does. Um, it's just the sad thing about this colossal tussle is that everything else around it just really is a detriment to that idea, or just a detriment to enjoying the film a lot more. Mm. What, are, what are your thoughts? Because I've, I've I've spoken for a little bit. Uh, it's difficult to come into this and go, do I recommend this film? Mm. Because it's like, 
For spectacle Godzilla action or big monster action, it is the weaker of the three. No, no, hang on. It's like the middle of the pack. Okay. Um, because the original Godzilla was bad because it was literally follow humans around and then Godzilla turns up for the last 10 minutes. Mm. Um, King of Monsters is like the reverse where it's just monster action, big destructions, big set pieces, literally just like don't think, just watch because it's cool. Mm. Um, and I can 100% get behind that. Any of the world building is just like, well, the monsters have always been here and we just kind of like, I don't know, literally put lids on them and... Um, mm. The one like thing about Hollow Earth that we get is, um, we get two like mysteries about it, like it potentially being an actual thing, um, mm. which is in Skull Island when um, uh, is it oh, Christ who plays the guy that gets the guy with the hat, the monarch guy? Oh, is that what oh that's John Goodman. John Goodman, yeah. So yeah. when so John Goodman knew, thought like, oh shit, Hollow Earth is real. Therefore, I'm going here to find it. Mm. Like the whole point of them going there was to find um, the an entrance to Hollow Earth, basically. Yeah. And then, like in King of the Monsters, you had um, a reference where like Godzilla drops off the radar or whatever, and then one of the guys is just like, oh, it's the Hollow Earth theory. That's how he gets around so quickly. Like <laughs> that's the only reference we get to it. Yeah. Um, I feel like this weirdly no exposition in this ver in Godzilla vs. Kong to explain the core tenets behind it. And it feels like, a, like the film itself feels like a victim that there is um, it was a certain length and then they were just like cut it up to be shorter. Just cut it up to be shorter and we'll release mm. it. Because I don't think this film would have been released considering how many how few people went and saw the original like um, King of Monsters because they, they were already making Godzilla vs. Kong when they were making when they released King of Monsters so they thought they might as well finish it I guess yeah um, because that film did not do well at the box office which um, one King of Monsters this King of Monsters I don't think did very well at the box office uh, I think I'll have, I'll have a look carry, carry on carry on carry on with your thoughts um but then, like, this film did quite well at the box office because it's literally one of the only films available <laughs> during a time of a pandemic. <laughs> um, but no, I, I do have to echo the the, the human storyline aspect is kind of bad. Like, I understand that there needs to be two viewpoints. One is from the viewpoint of, like, Godzilla would never hurt someone, so we're going to go and find out. And it's the people... Um, it's one character that's tied to the original... Um, and then you've got the other side of just like, well, Kong is our man. He is going to lead us to the promised land. Yes. Um, so you follow them and, um, then they get given basically spaceships, yep. which is, <laughs> there are two things in this film that don't work for me. Um, the spaceships being spaceships when like technology exists is meant to be like our level. Yeah. Um, I don't quite understand how that technological leap happened, but then if you're going to have, obviously, the big reveal is that Mechagodzilla is a thing. Um, mm. And the two things that all, all, like bugged me about that is that we see a group having Ghidorah's head at the end of King of the Monsters. This head is obviously now used to control Mechagodzilla. And they have a Japanese scientist that figured it all out and controls it. And his last name is Serizawa. And that's related to the Ken Watanabe character, isn't it? No idea. No idea. It feels like it was meant to, and they just never explained it. 
So in the context of this film, you have a Japanese guy with the exact same name as the last Japanese guy, and it is never mentioned, it is never brought up. We do not know <laughs> why. Why? Just pick... Okay, fine. I mean, his name could genuinely be that, but his like that name is synonymous with like the Japanese reference point to Godzilla and the whole atomic energy and the nuclear like threat and stuff. Yeah. Um, if it was his kid, fine, I get it. Godzilla killed his dad, therefore he wants to make a better Godzilla. Fine, whatever. But that is never explained. It feels like his entire story was probably just left on the cutting room floor, but they just forgot to change the name. Mm. because they could have changed the name to anything and it would have been absolutely fine. He's just a researcher, a scientist, whatever. We don't get his motivations about it. It's just like, no, I want to make a cool thing. Um, and essentially, he's just a pilot. He's and just then go, they get... He's just, he's just yeah. a pilot. He just goes, oh, oh yeah, let me, just, let me just plug into the skull and I'll, and I'll, and I'll control Mechagodzilla. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's what's left. Um, I've got some numbers for King of Monsters. Uh, budget oh, of $170 million, uh, Worldwide box office income of $386 million. So okay. it, re- it recuperated its budget. Probably not a massive, huge hit, but... Not as much as they thought, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But then again, following on from the last Godzilla film, I feel like, I don't know, anything would have been better. <laughs> that first one is just... It's real bad. It's just real bad. I haven't seen, I haven't seen the first one. And, and similarly, because I've just, I, I know what happens. I mean, I've, I've, I've read up on what... You can what watch happens. the last 10 minutes and that is all you need in, oh, fair like, information-wise. Oh, fair enough. It's, you know, it, it's it's an introductory film into, like, this whole universe mythos type thing, which I think Skull Island does better. Um, yeah, I'd say Skull Island. Because it's just, Skull like, Island's these guys get dropped film. here and then, like, Monarch turns up at the end and I'm like, right, time to tell you some shit. Um, whereas it doesn't really do the same. And, like, what Monarch is changes from film to film. Because, like, in the first film, it was, like, this shady, like, almost, like, research organization that's back in, like, that's kept, like, quite far away um, from, like, the rest of the government branches, if they're even government at all. In King of the Monsters, they're basically a military organization on par with, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. um, and have giant flying aircraft carriers. Um, And then in this film, they're basically, I don't know... I think they just help refugees. Non-existent. Yeah, they just help ref. We see them like we see them twice. Yeah. Um, we see them um, on Skull Island, win the dome. So we know that the dome is theirs. So that's their outpost. Mm. Um, and one of the, I feel like, one of the ways they were like, they covered why there's no indigenous people on Skull Island anymore. Why Skull Island is like almost inhabitable, is because the the storm in in the film Skull Island, just got bigger. That's that's the that's the, yeah. The storm just enveloped the, the entire island. Yeah. So we built the dome, and now this girl is like the last indigenous person alive, mm. which seems a bit c- contrived. Um, I, I don't know. Like this entire film is like it feels like an encore. It feels like an encore from King of the Monsters, but it doesn't have any of the bite that the original like that that film did. It didn't mm. feel as outlandish. It felt very much of like, how can we not? Because like that film is balls to the wall at times. Like there is literally a fight in like DC where the entire place is like flooded. Um, there are battleships in the harbor firing over like the Capitol building, and Rodan's like flying around and like. But you don't get this. 
you don't get like the sense of scale in this and because i don't know it feels well, it's like, like you, because god because kong is a monkey they feel like he has to be able to jump off things and like climb onto buildings which means the buildings don't fall over as much as they did in like king of the monsters or in the, in the mm. original godzilla film because godzilla just goes through them like they're paper and in this like he gets slammed up against stuff and it just the buildings just don't break unless buildings got reinforced after all the all the madness. I mean, the they could, ones. they could have. I mean, it wouldn't. It oh, they wouldn't haven't explained me, that. But again, so. <laughs> like you just need to throw that line in somewhere in the film to provide context. But then, I, and then he just drills down to. I think at one point, because it's like I'm going to drill down to the Hollow Earth by just blasting Hong Kong's ground, and then it just comes through. <laughs> Which the way that they display Hollow Earth is weird because it's like. Hollow Earth has a ceiling, which is an eco, which is like a biome ecosystem, and then there's like a ball in the middle, and at one point they flip. So when they come into the Hollow Earth, they fall back, I think, and then they follow it around, and they follow Kong, and then they go into the ball. Mm. I think, I think that's how that works. So they spend like that bit, and they find the power source on the ball in the middle, or I guess the Earth's core. Um, which is like a hall dedicated to Kong, I think. Because like Kong has a throne, he has an axe, he puts the axe in the ground. It lights up. It lights up. But it lights up with like a Godzilla silhouette with like the Ouroboros thing, where it's like a circle of life eating its tail. Um, and then Godzilla from Hong Kong blasts through to where Kong is. Yeah, he literally just makes a big hole and then just pops his head over and goes, Oi, but come that up doesn't here. work. You, <laughs> come up here. Because you, come up here and Because Hollow Earth has a gap. So he'd blast through and then he'd have to continue going to this hole, which would mean it would come from above Kong. Right? I'm not wrong in thinking that. I'm also not quite sure how, like, oh, to get into the Hollow Earth, you've got to go through a portal. Yeah. Whereas now you can just blow. Just make a giant hole. Or Godzilla can just make a giant hole. I <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, there are things in it that make sense, but if I'm looking for, like, sense in a Godzilla versus Kong action film that already, like, leans into the Hollow Earth mythical things and then has a giant Godzilla, like, robot Godzilla. <laughs> Sorry, Mecha God. I hate that line. I hate that line so much. This character you've never heard of before has no reference other than he's like he's probably a schoolmate of Millie Boy Brown's character. Oh yeah, Julian uh, who, Dennison from who Deadpool steals 2. a car, who steals a van from his brother, um, to go on this road trip, and then they end up like going through wormholes. Not oh, wormholes, but like I... they go through that tunnel system from like Hong wherever it is to Hong Kong. I generally hated corporate mystery ink. Corporate mystery ink. <laughs> Yeah. After I watched this, uh, after I watched Godzilla vs Kong, I watched uh, the honest trailer for it and and the pitch meeting for it from Screen Rant, and they kind of, I think one of them made a reference to them being like a Scooby Doo gang, who just yeah. no, no, nobody, nobody cares, nobody cares about them. I I feel like it just would have been better if the two human storylines converged a lot earlier, um, mm. but the way that it stands is they literally never interact. Yeah, if, they if, never interact. Yeah. So from a from like a from a from a viewer standpoint, you have th two threads. You've got Team Kong and you've got 
Team Godzilla and Team Godzilla are like, no, Godzilla wouldn't hurt anyone. There's something else going on. There's something shady going along. Mm. And somehow, somehow, a conspiracy theorist and two kids are able to travel through a completely secret and unknown um, hypertube from Florida to China um, <laughs> without being detected, managed to end up directly into Mechagodzilla's test chamber. <laughs> that, that, and then somehow managed to escape alive when he wakes up and blows up. I, I, I just... That secur- the the security... The reach is so bad. Also, I did laugh when... Um, evil corporation man's daughter died because <laughs> if you shoot a monkey in the back and then try and fly past him, of course he's going to grab you. What are you thinking? <laughs> just like, just sneak past him. Just like, don't, it's a monkey. Yes, he's smart. Just like, don't shoot him. Why would you antagonize something you can't kill? Why would you engage something you cannot kill? <laughs> and it's just like, and and the way that they like, oh yeah, we need the power source from the core. And I'm like, cool. So they need to like transport the power source from so they do like the excavation y drilly bit. Oh no, no, they no. Wi Fi. Wi Fi. They just they just how how is power <laughs> how does power work in this world? Like if you can just I can just scan a nuclear power plant and suddenly recreate it in my computer? Wow. What? <laughs> how does this work? <laughs> Do I not need the physical material that contains the power? No, I just need the algorithm and the waveform that it makes so I can just put it into power machine. A giant lizard robot just because. <laughs> and I get you have to like remove a sense of disbelief, but like it would have made more sen- it would have made more sense if they managed to like slip past Kong or they like it would literally make more sense if the little crab robot thing picked it up, scanned it, and then literally just teleported it to a to a base. Like it would make more sense that it would just do that. It would literally just like, oh, there's a hole in the ground, boosh, little missile, and it's like express delivery. Guy yeah. literally can just catch it, put it into the thing. I, that would make so much more sense than just like now nah, we scanned it and now this thing has unlimited rat energy. So, oh, and it's now made out of some weird metal. Oh, yeah. That only only God uh, Kong's axe with once it's powered up by Godzilla's flame breath can can cut through. And I'm just <sighs> there's a there's a lot to take it, in. On I this liked film. this film. I liked the film overall. But the more I think about it, the more <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense in the stupid ways that I like. I watched it and I was like, huh. I guess I'll just file that away. Oh, I don't know. Like, I feel I, I don't. I can't even remember the main male character's name. Oh, um, um, Alexander Skarsgård's character. Oh, is it? Oh, okay, it's him. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I can't remember his name. I uh, can't remember his name at all. Um, he's. A, he, I, I feel like he has weird motivations of just like I want to go to Hollow Earth so the evil men, not who aren't evil at the time, talk to him directly. Which always, I always feel was kind of weird. Like, why would you turn up to my office in the middle of the night? This is some shady shit. And go. We can give you all you all the all the stuff you need to uh, get to Hollow Earth. It's like what? But we need you to get us there. And I was like, no, I won't go back because like my brother died instantly when he, uh, when I he guess, tried. went through the portal <laughs> and then just went splat. Um, which is a weird. Which which makes me think that they knew that the portals are there now. So it's like, why is it quack physics if the guy knew that there was portals there? It's like, oh no, they can't exist. And it's like. There's literally a monarch, like what looks like an unprotected, tu- like monarch base that's just a tunnel that Kong just goes through. So there is a bit in it, right, when 
before they go through the portal that makes me think like, oh, is gravity weird in there? Or did Kong just lose his grip? Because it looks like Kong's like going across the ceiling and stuff. And then like he tries to grab something and then like doesn't quite get it. And then just falls into a hole and then falls into the portal. And the guy's like, well, best just follow him. <laughs> oh. I just, all the reveals of like the, like, the Hollow Earth stuff and the proto like civilization stuff is just done so much better in King of the Monsters mm. because like when they go to try and find Godzilla to like oh he's alive but he's like trying to recuperate or whatever and they take that sub down in mm. King of the Monsters and they're like it's like oh this stuff here and then they like, turn the lights on which is even if you turn lights on like that deep underwater you're not going to be able to see shit but again I'm going <laughs> to suspend my disbelief and they see like the statue. And then they see the cave paintings and like, and they see all the Titans and stuff. And I'm like, this is cool. Like, because there's still this mystery about like who the civilization is. Mm. And there's none of the mystery in Godzilla versus Kong. It's literally just like, yeah, the hollow earth exists and it's a magical stargate. It's literally just, you'd go 2001 straight through the fucking thing. (laughs) And you end up in upside down land. And do not ask how sun sunlight works in this world because there is sunlight there is glare there is a horizon and there is a sunset how is there a sun under the ground like the the way that like i, I and i went down a a, a like a like a wikipedia like conspiracy theory rabbit hole about like hollow earth like years ago because i was bored at work and i was just like this shit is interesting to me because i don't understand how people can believe this stuff even like those conspiracy theories exist in like the the earth is hollow and there's an ecosystem inside it yes but the earth's core is like a sun so that projects light yeah. it is not like um so the the earth is like hollow inside um in the way that like you would imagine something to be hollow like there is some sort of thing in the middle that is that provides sunlight or like some sort of ecosystem to it this this version of the hollow earth is like no the, uh, the, the there's a there's a biome above us there's like a landscape and everything else above us so like it, there is an inverted world but then there is also like another world in the middle and you can flip flop between them by going to the highest points and just literally just jumping and it's just i don't understand where the sun is coming from I, how is this lit how does like at, like there, there is a bunch of stuff that's just like, no, would this be, wouldn't this be cool to do? And I was like, yes, it would be cool to do. But where is the sun? How are you getting sunlight in here? What is doing? Like, because the other thing is like, if uh, if you're in a dome, you can see the dome. So there shouldn't be at any point like like lands like there shouldn't be sky that you could see. Like, you couldn't, like, sit on this, like, the bottom of this dome and look up and go, yeah, that's blue sky, and then there's, and then above it, there's the, the other, the ball. You'd just be able to see the entirety of the Earth, wouldn't you? Like, I, yeah. I, I swear that's what you'd be able to see, right? Like, if you're on the bottom, or the, the inverse, I guess, of our world, of our, like, surface, you'd be able to see the other side of the surface, the other side of the inverted surface. I just, it, it bugs me. It bugs me a lot now that I think about it. Um, when I watched the film, I was like, oh, cool, there'll be more monsters in here. And then you see like the two uh, flying snake things. Yeah. Um, the crab things. 
and then the thing that eats the crab things. And that's literally all you see. Like, there's no, like... I mean, I guess there was also the giant, like... Oh, there were the bat... There were the bird things. Oh, at the yeah. End. Fuck, I forgot about that. Because the guy there was like, oh, no, I'm not going to get through. So I just throw the rock at this, like, weird-looking giant... Eagle thing. Eagle Fish bird, bird chicken. Yeah. It had it had like chicken. I, I, as monsters go, fine, whatever. It's it's a weird creature, whatever. Mm. Um, but like, I, I I feel like I expected a lot more from this film, and I just got a cheeky encore to King of the Monsters, and I'm like, okay, that's I guess that's fine. Um, but if you remove the human human story sub stories, I think it would have been a better film. Or if the human sub stories were just done better, yeah. Um, literally the the Millie Body Browns friend's like character's friend i think he's only there to deliver the line that's not robo godzilla that's mecha godzilla and i literally just like nope right no don't care anymore what you could have just said oh that's me like the conspiracy theorist <laughs> guy could have just gone oh that's mecha godzilla and it would have been absolutely fine you know that's how we named it that's I'm, you know i'm pretty certain a billion a billion dollar tech company would have better security and actual better vetting processes of its employees Especially, especially, it's like I'm gonna go steal some secrets at the very start of the film. It's like, okay, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, maybe, but like again, it's like, how do you like? What is this corporation's plan? Like, it seems like the guy's just like, oh, we're a conglomerate you don't know about. They're not referenced in the. <sighs> This is why I, I look at like world building and go, how does this company exist? Mm. What do they do? And we know through a trailer, not a trailer, but like um like an advertisement in the film in where it's like, we do all of this. We do robotics. We do military tech. We do this. Is like okay, so you're Wayne Enterprises. I get it. You're like Stark Industries. Yeah. Um. But they didn't seem to exist beforehand, or if they did, like, the tech that they create is so wildly, like, out of this, literally out of this world, that I'm like, where did you get, like, how did this leap happen? Mm. Like, how did you create, like, a telepathic interface between a computer, like, a, a giant robot, and um, literally a deadhead? Mm. I think... I think that is now a skull. I, I don't. I think with particular the Apex Corporation side of things in the story, I think I probably would have been very accept, satisfied with their presence in the story if I just had a little bit more context to their existence in in the in this universe. I mean, it's like why mm. why are we building a Mecha Godzilla? Are we trying to protect humans and we're misguidedly doing it the wrong way? Are we trying to weaponize Godzilla so we can sell it to the highest bidder or national security, that sort of stuff? I don't get it. I, I don't recall getting any of that in the film. And I think I think it's just an underlining underlying problem with Godzilla versus Kong. I mean, it's like it's like you said, it can be ridiculous, it can be silly. You kind of have to embrace that with these sort of films. And that's and that's a fair point. But I think there's there's being ridiculous and then there's being too ridiculous and lazy to just try and justify the ridiculousness of why things are what they are, I suppose. If that makes sense, I guess the film was winking on saying, oh, how silly is all of this? Then fair enough. But I think, I think at times the film is trying to treat this sort of 
monsterverse it's created as like it's a serious world to live in and i think it's utter bollocks <laughs> that's and that's just me I, oh i did just look up um ren serizaros like the, the the japanese scientist guy is meant to be his son and that's not explained in the film at all is it no oh. no well, no i guess like other than the fact that they just share a name but i feel I feel like the apex, the the entire thing of apex is meant to be. I think it's meant to be a reference to the old, like the old old Godzilla films, where there was like there was like an evil terrorist organization that was like, um, I don't know, like a literally like the nineteen, like a James Bond style, like secret evil, so kind of like Spectre, but genius. not Spectre. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like I feel like apex Spectre is for meant monsters. to be that. Is a reference to that because, like, I feel what was the like in whatever film in one of the old like sixties or seventies Godzilla films that Apex were in or yeah. this organization were in, like Godzilla just turns up and wrecks their shit, because um, it's um, I don't even think it's a Godzilla film. I think it's like some other kaiju that just turns up and it's like, oh yeah, uh, like no, you know, like Smash. we have this weird <laughs> we have this technology that protects this island from kaiju, so we're completely safe because we're surrounded by giant monsters, and that's why we can be left alone to our evil deeds, kind of thing. I looked up the stub on Wikipedia or Gojipedia, I guess, uh, on the fandom thing for Apex, and in this film, mm. they were founded the year after. Suppose like if timeline wise we look at the original godzilla yeah they were founded the the year after godzilla's attack on san francisco which means that they have been creating tech to kill kaijus or monsters since san francisco uh, they were completely absent in i don't i don't know if there is a reference to like the, this wikipedia doesn't tell me if there's a reference to them in king of the monsters okay but there just isn't but then like oh these two things are fighting. We could kill them or whatever. And like in King of the Monsters, like America creates that um, oxygen destroyer bomb thing that almost actually does kill Godzilla, mm. um, and like blows one of Ghidorah's Ghidorah's heads off. I there is a weird absence of like the military in this film. Yeah. Outside of like the initial sequence, which makes me think it all happens really bloody. Like it happened like in the same way that like, um, like a sense of time is is difficult for a lot of films to portray. Mm. Um, but it feels like Godzilla attacks Apex in Florida on a Friday, and by Sunday night, shit went down in. Um, in Hong, Hong Kong. Kong, yeah, he's just he's just gone across. He's gone across the ocean, and if, he's built. He's he's flamed his hole through Hollow Earth. He's shouted down at the neighbors. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Like, I'm. It feels like I'm ragging on this film a lot yeah. because it just doesn't make sense. But it doesn't make sense in context of its own world. Yeah, um, that makes sense. That and makes sense. I don't. I don't think this is the same filmmakers that made the second one, right? I think uh, it's, it's all. No, uh, this is uh, Adam. Adam Wingard, whose last film was uh, Death Note, uh, and also, oh. uh, but but he's also <laughs> really? but he's also directed The Guest, and I love The Guest. That's the um that's kind of like the, the the psychological horror with Dan Stevens as the returning army oh. soldier who wants to help a family, but may or may not also be very. Uh, he did the meant- recent Blair Witch as well. Yeah, um, also a horror film. I think You're Next as well, which is quite popular as well. 
So Wingard has a good has a good sort of has a, apart from Definite probably I would say his resume has been pretty or pretty decent and he's been tapped to do uh, Thundercats. Oh, has he? Yeah, he's. Wait, there's a Thundercats film coming. Um, he's been uh, signed. He's signed on to do the uh, a CGI version of Thundercats. Interesting. Mm. Um, but mm. I'm just checking who directed King of Monsters. King of the Monsters. King of the Monsters was directed by uh, Michael uh, Doherty. And his... He's one of the writers on this film. Yeah. Uh, on Kong. Yeah. Um, also was a writer on... I'm just looking at this. Uh, X-Men Apocalypse, Superman Returns, uh, X, uh, X-Men 2. X-Men, uh, so X2. Um, yeah. Um, other than... Oh, he directed Krampus. Uh, uh, previous director of um, the Godzilla other film. He also wrote Rampus. Wrote Krampus. Yeah. So the last director wrote and directed King of the Monsters. Yeah. He was also one of the writers for Superman Returns. Um, the other writer credited for Godzilla vs. Kong was the writer of Shrek. <laughs> Do you think someone just went, we need more... We and need Pirates more. of the Caribbean... So we need more humor. Quick, get the guy from Shrek and Pirates on the line right now. I, this is a weird mix. Oh, it, he also wrote the story for the original. Sorry, for the Matthew Broderick 1998. Oh, that was a ridiculous Godzilla film. That was a very 90s American Godzilla film yeah. that I didn't hate. But the best thing to come out of that Godzilla film was actually the animated series that followed. Oh yeah, it had one. Yeah, during that time, like anything Sony did, like Godzilla or Men in Black, they had like an animated series, mm-hmm. and the animated series was re- was really distinctive and cool. I'm not sure how true this is. Okay, but I'm gonna lay the blame at the bad writing at the hands of Terry Rossio, who wrote Shrek, The Lone Ranger, Pirates of the Caribbean films, and some other crap. <laughs> <laughs> who is apparently tapped as the screenplay writer for Johnny Quest. I didn't realise that that was a still oh, the, a relevant franchise. Oh, they! I think they've been trying to reboot that in some form for ages, even as a film. I mean, Chris, I mean, they, I mean, Chris they had, McKay is tapped as the director. Yeah, because Johnny Quest. I think the last major iteration was like the '90s TV show, and they went like a Batman. They didn't like go full Batman animated series style, but it's like the stories were kind of more adult and intense, and characters did get bumped off in episodes. Didn't? Yeah, but wasn't. I feel like that was an that was like a, a mishmash of stuff because wasn't there like a Johnny Quest cartoon in like the seventies and stuff as well? Yeah, from yeah, from, yeah. Before before that version, it was like the seventies. I feel like they mashed them together into one series. Yeah, I think I think overall Godzilla vs Kong. I think it's like I I knew I wasn't expecting cinematic mastery mastery at its finest. I mean, I expected just giant monsters just punching each other for a while. And yeah, when it happens, it's great fun. But I think, I think everything surrounding Godzilla versus Kong, uh, it, it generally tested my patience, and it just, I just, I just didn't care. And I think when you're supposed to at least engage with at least one of the human character groups, I think, I think the Alexander Sarsgaard and Rebecca Hall group of characters, I kind of, I think out of the, they are the better, they're yeah, the better they're ones the better because ones. they're not, they're, they're not, they're not. They're not being comedic. The Scooby Gang. 
Yeah, they're not being comedic. <laughs> they're not lampooning. They're not kind of being silly. They're kind of going. They're trying to approach this as, and it, it sounds silly to say it, but they are approaching the situation seriously in the in the scenario. I mean, the whole hollow earth adventure thing i think in itself it's like you've got ideas there that would probably mm, I, yeah. you've, you've got I, you've got ideas there that probably would work better if they were fleshed out to their own sort of solo films but because we're i kind of like the conspiracy theory guy yeah, i mean i just feel like it, like his i just feel like that subplot was obviously just wrong um in the way that they got from a to b but it could have worked i think i think how they just casually just broke into a corporation and just discovered Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> this is kind of, if they had a bit more challenge and a bit more adversary, then fine. Fair enough. It, it, it can, it can work, but it's just, it's just the whole human element around these two creatures or these two big mammoth monsters. It's so unbalanced mm. that you don't know whether you should be laughing, the, laughing at the film, kind of going along saying, oh, this is a cool adventure, or just going, when are the monsters going to fight? It's, 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 yeah. it's, that, it's that sort of you, way. You have to be on board of the bullshit yeah. from the get-go, I feel. Um, and just thinking about it, I think that the MVP of this entire film is actually the aircraft carrier. Because if you can have Godzilla and Kong stand on you without sinking, yes. what <laughs> is keeping you afloat? Like... Also, there is, like Pacific Rim did this, and it is very weird mm. that American fighter pilots in really expensive planes, really fast, expensive planes, have a habit of flying so low that they can get hit by tails of giant, like slow-moving tails of giant monsters. Yeah, I, I don't understand this. There's a bit in in the the bit we see in the trailer a lot where it's like. Um, the military, like Godzilla, first shows up to fight Kong, and it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna fire missiles at his back, and you're like they're doing it from a really like low altitude, and then the guy is just like, right, like oh, I just fired some missiles, and suddenly just a tail hits him in the face, <laughs> and it's like you're in a you're in a fighter jet, how slow are you going that this thing can just come out of a water, out of the water and just hit Wouldn't... you square on. <laughs> Wouldn't there be like radar sensors to say, "Oh, you're too low, or you're about to hit something"? Well, no, because it'd be sonar. Like the the, it's a ground based thing. It's attached to land. Radar doesn't work above a certain okay. um, above a certain um, height. Uh, sorry, below a certain height because it requires it because it's firing stuff up, and then it comes down, which is yeah. why like um, radar. Ha uh, you hear of things like a radar, like a low radar ceiling. Which, and the lower that is means that things don't ping back if you're underneath it, which is, I, I think there's like a bunch of like um, like action films that are like, no, we fly underneath their radar. That's what they mean is where they fly so close to the ground where radar's not looking. Like, because lo radar is looking at the sky. Yeah. Um, and sonar looks underneath the water because sonar is literally just, you fire a ping under the water and it pings back. Um and I think LIDAR is meant to be like the the space equivalent. I'm not entirely sure on the science or the technology behind it. Um, but a low radar ceiling means that you're you're meant to be flying underneath stuff. So radar wouldn't pick up the tail. Um, they're probably flying underneath radar range anyway. But it seems okay. weird to me that these high alt, these like billion dollar planes are flying slower than they should be, lower than they should be, and are having to like. And you're using 
planes in the first place? Because if you're, if you've got a giant monster, you use, you use uh, helicopters. Yeah, have the, yeah, have the helicopters above because the Because they have carrier. more maneuverability. They can stay hovered, so you can literally stand in front of the face and shoot it in the eyes. Planes are useless in this universe, and they keep <laughs> showing them again and again and again. Um, although the, 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 the scene in King of the Monsters where Godzilla attacks Ghidorah and he's flanked by fighter planes, that's cool. I like it aesthetically, but you are not... like Military technology in this film is just used badly. Mm. Um just to use helicopters, and I cannot believe that that is one of the elements that the 98 Godzilla got right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, how do you follow a monster through buildings? Well, you obviously have helicopters that can like, fly between the buildings because planes are just like, yeah, they're fast moving and they drop big bombs. That's why we use them to blow up Madison Square Garden. Like, the only times you see... It's like the... It, it is literally the equivalent of the bit in Avengers where you have the F-35 that turns up to shoot Hulk in the face and then not expect to get jumped on <laughs> when you're like... When he's inside the aircraft character and it's just like, well, he jumped on me. It's like, he could do that. That's why you attack him from a distance. <laughs> and it's just... I just... I just... I, military technology, like the use of military technology in films that are like... The science fiction is just like, please, please just do it right. Like I don't understand. Like it's the it's not the most egregious use of this I've ever seen. It's in that one of the um, spaceship uh, space battleship Yamato films mm. of like the early 2010s or whatever. Yeah. Um, where they're in space, mind you. They go and. For some, like throughout the entire film, people are walking through this battleship normally, so that you assume there's artificial gravity and stuff. Mm. And they go, "We'll do a barrel roll." So they tie <laughs> everything down so that nothing flies away. And I'm like, "You can do a barrel roll if you have artificial gravity. You can do a barrel roll in space, and nothing will change because there is no up, there is no down. So why are you tying stuff down to the bulkheads, some like so that the missiles don't fly off into the ceiling? So you can do this barrel roll, and it's just." Think about the surroundings that you are in. Think about the world that you are in, and apply the logic as you need to need it to be. I bet that's. I like... just don't understand how planes are just like you know, see a tail and they fly into it. <laughs> just, just, just. I bet. Just be above it. <laughs> I bet that fire pilot was going to go. I'll just shoot. I'll just shoot him out from under a low. No one will ever notice. Well, I'll, that, I'll, I'll, I'll sneak, I'll sneak away. Like, I'll sneak away, and no one will ever are, know. <laughs> but the, the, there's the bit where like the Kong jumps onto, um, Christ, where is it? Like Kong jumps onto the aircraft carrier, and he picks up a plane, and he just throws it. At Godzilla, <laughs> and there's a guy inside it. Is that, <laughs> oh no! Like, oh shit! I need to eject now that he's let me fly. But it makes me think if there are other if there are pilots in the other planes when Godzilla like jumps up and just like crawls all over them. Why aren't that they I'm like, that off he the just ship? kill a bunch of dudes? <laughs> oh. uh, anyway. I yeah. <laughs> let let's uh, I, let, uh Okay. Yeah. Let, no, let, let's gonna, let's give I'm gonna rewatch it after this, actually. <laughs> <laughs> go rewatch it and then just it's like this is my dissertation on why military people need to be more smarter during monster invasions. My Shenny. <laughs> I mean, they do. 
Yeah, true. <laughs> Uh, I think they actually, like, to be fair, I think they handled, like, the military in both King of the Monsters and the original Godzilla film handled it relatively within reason. Mm. Um, so, yeah. It's oh. just in this film, they just like, yeah, let's escort a giant monkey, and then uh, that's it. That's all we see of them. We don't see them again. Um, yeah, they're not, they're not necessarily again, rushing to the... They're not necessarily rushing to the to the to the aid of people in um mm. in Hong Kong when everything go when when it ultimately becomes a two or one battle against Mechagodzilla. Mm. But anyway, um let's give let's give Godzilla vs. Kong a star rating uh, out of five. Uh I'm I think it's like I I was kind of about to kind of because of how much I enjoyed the monster battling. And that alone, I was tempted to give it. You know what? I'll I'll give it a, a pass of a three star, but I'm 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 kind of torn to give it two and a half because the human elements annoy me so much. Ah, mm. oh. I think I think I think if the characters weren't as annoying and the ridiculousness was not. I mean, it's like I said earlier. You can be ridiculous in this film, and I and and and. And I'm not walking into Godzilla versus Kong thinking I'm about to see everything perfectly explained and stuff like that. But I need to at least be able to engage in the ridiculousness of it. And if I can't engage in the ridiculousness of it because it's either way too ridiculous or just nonsense, then I I, I can't really fully engage with it entirely. So I think on that, despite Godzilla and Kong happily arguing over who's round at the bar it is in this film, I've got to give it two and a half stars. I feel like that's valid. If you're coming into this film without being on board mm. with um, just the sheer amount of bullshit you just have to ignore, yeah, um, including the human stub stories, just like what is their relevance here? Why are they here? Like you can't look at this and go, "Well, I really enjoyed Millie Bobby Brown's character." It's like the the, the the points where she turns up are okay when she's on her own. Mm. I think if you go the sidekick, I could do without. If you're bringing like, back, it would literally be a better story if she didn't have said sidekick. Yeah, I mean, if you're bringing because back, if she just went AWOL, then yeah, if you're bringing back characters in the previous film, and that's great from a continuity point of view. If you're saying this as a universe, that's great, but use them better, and and don't mm. and don't bog them down with with sidekicks like this one. Because it's like I didn't, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't care about him. It's like he could have been one, one of the mini mini lizards in the evil corporations behind the hideout, and I would have gone, ha. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean to sound nasty about some of the characters dying in these sort of films, but I, I just, I just like how how I don't, re- I can't relate. I don't relate. I don't engage. I think that's bad. I think it's bad writing because I think this <laughs> this weirdly <laughs> suffers from the same problem that the original um, Whedon Cut. No, not Whedon Cut. The the theatrical cut of Batman versus Superman had, where it was just yeah. like we need to get to the fight, which means fight, they don't explain fight, any of the human fight. stuff. There's no like, there's no like, there's no um, exposition or like build up to the relationships of the humans. Well, the fact that Ren Sarazara is meant to be um, the the kid from the guy we see in the previous films for that whole continuity sake doesn't get explained. It doesn't like. It's not like oh he has a different foot. Like, there is no, like, it's not mentioned that he's the son. 
So, but it would be interesting to see, like, the, the father was like, no, Godzilla is our friend. He he can help us rein in all the other monsters. And the son's just like, nah. Nah, I'm going to join a corporation and kill the kill the bastard. I'm like, going to build my own I, Godzilla. I understand, especially, especially <laughs> considering, um, Bryce, what was his name? The guy in uh, the guy that now leads Monarch. Oh, uh, Carl, uh, dad character. Uh, Carl Chandler. I can't. I don't know the character's name, but I know it's Carl Chandler. No. Um, oh, Lance Reddick. Like, he he was very. Uh, I can't remember. That sounds that sounds about right. Maybe, but like. He was very much about like, no, you kill them all. And he oh, had like Cole a character Chandler. development yeah, arc, right? Yeah, that's Where Cole it was Chandler. like, no, nah, maybe, maybe, maybe Godzilla is like the right thing, which means that like he has had the most growth. He has actually had the most growth out of all these characters. And he is only in one scene or two yeah, so scenes in this I, entire I film. I will actually agree. I agree with you on that because I remember because having seen King of Monsters and you mentioning, oh yeah, he, he actually had a character arc. It's like, I hate these monsters. Mm -hmm. They, I think they killed my son. I'm not happy about this yeah. and by the end of it he goes i'm it's like i'm still warning but you know what if he's here for a reason yeah. to help us then so be it it's just unfortunate tragedy and it and you don't get you do not get that progression on any character in godzilla versus kong i think if there was that no. one if there was that one or two thing sort of uh of evolutions of character arcs I'd be a lot mm. kinder to this film. <laughs> I really would. But I, I yeah, I, I, I still stand at two and a half stars. I think, I think, like, the only people, if you're looking at the human characters and their, like, development throughout this film, mm. um, Skarsgård's character goes through, like, a weird arc that I'm not entirely sure lands because he's like, I lost my brother. Everyone thinks I'm, everyone, like, thinks I'm a weirdo because I believe in Hollow Earth. And then he's vindicated in it, and he's like, I, I feel like he's meant to be portrayed as a coward. Um, and then he does yeah. the bit at the end where, like, he saves. He he does something in the spec that he. Oh Christ! What does he do? I I can't remember what he does, which is really bad because it he, means that he, I, I, I literally writes... didn't care about this last scene where he gets his like where he's now the hero. Oh, where he goes like into he's... like one of the spaceships and saves something, or he like well, he they just think holds one of the monsters away. Or something. They just think he's. They, they just think he's a. They just think he's a raving lunatic at the university. There's no sense of him having like heroic background. Or anything. It's just oh, I'm just coming along because no. I'm 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 apparently a researcher, and now I will feel heroic and throw this. Yeah, rock. I think I think. Well, I think his character arc is meant to be like quack scientist. It's insinuated he's a coward because of the way that he left his brother to die. Mm -hmm. Um. And the way that he's portrayed when he's like on the ship with Kong, where he's like, I'm like when he meets uh, what's its daughter, like Simmons's daughter, and he's yeah. like arm's length because Kong is like in the background just asleep. Yeah. Um, but it shows a genuine fear of like Kong and the monster, and I guess monsters in general. Um, and I feel like his payoff was meant to be at the end where he does something vaguely heroic with the bird. I can't remember. Um, which uh, just shows like how much I didn't care about the story of these yeah, humans. Exactly. Mini Boy Brown's character is just like, well, of course God didn't kill anyone because I found a giant robot. The sidekick <laughs> is just the sidekick. Um, and the conspiracy theorist guy gets less conspiracy theory. Yeah. Um, I think. Um, but the rest of them I just don't care for. I think like Rebecca Hall's character didn't, go through any arcs the, yeah. the child didn't go through any arcs the only arc the literally the the only character arc i think that a lot of them went through was when godzilla was like 
hmm, maybe I should help Kong by powering up his axe so that we don't die. <laughs> and then we're just going to like, <laughs> I'm going to stare at you and then leave. And uh, I, it's like, and Godzilla is just like, and then like Kong becomes like the king of the hollow earth and Godzilla is just swimming around up, up top. And it's like, that's how we'll leave it. King of the bo- king of hollow earth, king of yeah. earth, whatever. Yeah, they're not, um, they're, they're not friends. They're just kind of like, all right, all right, for, for now, for now, for now. All right. But it's your round but because time. of that <laughs> I, I because of that i have to give if you are coming into this film going i want to see a film i have to give it two and a half stars because the human element is bad um the rest of it works like the monster battles work the set yeah. pieces work the battle in hong kong and the battle over the sea yeah, work, they work really They're really, really good. well They're really good. um some of the exp- some of the the exploratory stuff in the hollow earth looks really cool um, especially the fight scene between the two snakes. Um, there are some really nice looking set pieces. It's just like slightly detracted from the fact that there is a floating spaceship with like a giant blue light trails um, <laughs> following Kong fl- at times. Flip up and down. Um, <laughs> it's just like, uh, oh no, I think what you meant about the radar, the radar thing that you actually meant was, was it one of the spaceships? When they were in Hollow Earth. No, no, it was just it was because a, there's bit. a bit. There's a bit where one of the guys just goes, "We're getting some weird ra- radar readings," and the snake just goes just, and smashes <laughs> through them. Um, it's just a bit weird. Oh, I don't know. Like, okay, so I have to give it two and a half stars. But if you're on board with the bullshit already, yeah, I think I have to give it a three star, just because it. If you're already interested in this kind of film. You need to go see it so there'll be more of this stuff. Yeah. Because if you don't, like, we're in a weird like ecosystem where if you don't support, obviously, if you don't support a film, they don't make another one. Yeah. Um. I kind of want more monsterverse films just because I want. Well, more. I want more giant monster, you, giant robot films. You, you know, you know where it's, um, you know where it's leading. You know where it's leading. If Legendary own Godzilla, the the ability to do Godzilla in the US, and they have the rights to do Kong. Pacific Rim's on the corner, <laughs> and they ha- and legendary make Pacific Rim. Yeah, but Pacific Rim Two was really bad. Well, it did turn into an episode of Power Rangers at the end, a bad one at that. Yeah, with Charlie Day and his evil Actually, brain. thinking about it, <laughs> thinking about it, the Power Rangers film is a better film than Pacific Rim Two. <laughs> like the recent, the recent live action one is a better film than I Pacific Rim Two because it dealt with a lot more and did it really, really well and was filmed from a better angle because like. The original Pacific Rim was great because it was filmed from the perspective of a human. Mm. Like, a lot of it was like, yeah, these things are meant to be towering monsters, like giants. Whereas Pacific Rim 2 is, like, filmed from, like, yeah, they they might as well just be Power Rangers or guys in suits. Mm. Um, They filmed it like like an episode of Power Rangers. They didn't film it from, like, how Pacific Rim was filmed. I feel like a... And I feel like King of the... uh, Godzilla vs. Kong has that element as well. Because you have to get both of them in shot, both of them in yeah. frame, um, so that like it literally looks like they're two standing next to each other, and then like all the human style stuff is like on the ground, but we yeah. don't see it from the perspective of a human. We see it from the perspective of like I don't know, I guess like normal onlookers. Um, and th- actually, now if we're gonna quickly dissect into like framing, there is a shot I really hate in this. Okay. Where Godzilla gets lamped and the camera does a 360 spin. Oh, like, a, is it like from a point of view? 
Yeah, like like, they, like they've attached like, like they've attached a snorri cam to Godzilla or something, like that, and he's just falling over. Going, it was it was when Kong falls over on the aircraft carrier, I think. Okay. Because the idea is like, um, Christ, the, the scene is like something hits Kong, like Godzilla hits Kong, and you're following. Like, the camera is behind Kong, I think, at this point. Yeah. And he, like, falls back. But the camera does a 360 spin to the point where, like, it's meant to disorientate. It feels like it's meant to disorientate the viewer. Yeah. It's not like you follow the camera. Like, it, what would normally happen is if you get punched and you're following Kong, like, the 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 motion would track back. Yeah. And you'd be on the ground with Kong. But this thing is, like, it goes to here, and then it flips, and then... um. Like Godzilla and uh, Kong, I think, then gets up and punches Godzilla. It's a really, really disorientating bit of filmmaking that infuriates me because it has no purpose. Because it it makes you like it literally made me nauseous the first time I watched it. It's on the scene with the aircraft carrier. Okay, you can't miss it if you're looking out for it. Um, it is weird, and it I don't think it does what it's meant to want to be. Like I think it's just meant to be the weird like disorientation bit but it's never brought it doesn't appear again it doesn't really work i think i would have just preferred like i think i would have preferred the camera tracking kong back as he fell onto the aircraft carrier and then maybe once you're on the ground with kong i say ground on the on the deck of the aircraft carrier with kong you see the aircraft carrier like tilt i think like that would have been a lot better okay because like and you got the weight of the monsters it doesn't just like the aircraft carrier is like they stand on it and it goes down. And then, like, it literally just does this when, like, 400 ton monsters are fi- having They're a fist fight. They're perfectly balanced. They're perfectly balanced yeah. on the aircraft carrier. And then, <laughs> but, like, no, that thing would be like, that thing would be underwater. They'd, they'd like, be maybe sinking. it would be still be, be trying to float, but it would literally be a, under the water line. And this thing is just solid. It's just like, no, I can take this. And it's like, you are now he- the heaviest thing on earth. How are you afloat right now? <laughs> oh. But yeah, no, it, it, it does exasperate the problem of like, do not think too hard into this or the entire thing is just a bad experience. You have to go into this film expecting complete nonsense and bullshit, but you have to be like, you have to look at it and go, that looks cool. And if you think about it anymore, you cannot do that. If you, if you, if you go yeah. past the, that looks cool element... You are you're not gonna walk away from a uh, from the film having had a good experience. Yeah, and I feel like that's kind of annoying. I wish I had seen this film in the cinema. To be fair, because it would have been a much better experience. I'm, I can. Um, this was this would have been perfect, like an IMAX screen. Absolutely perfect. No, it would it really would have been. Yeah. Um, same with like King of the Monsters. I wish I'd seen that in the cinema. Um, I think yeah, I'm I'm really torn. I'm really torn about giving it a two two and a half stars or two out and a half out of five or whatever. Because it really does fall flat in some elements. Mm. But it does some elements really, really good. So I want to yeah. give it a three. But it doesn't try hard enough, so two and a half stars seems fair. Yeah. But I want people to go see the film, so I want to give it a better sc- I, the, the, pos- I think, the positive yeah I think, I think I'm gonna fall with that it's an encore to King of the Monsters it's not better than yeah. King of the Monsters I think King of the Monsters is still the better film yeah I think when when the monsters are fighting and the and the and the headline monsters are there and they're doing what they do best it's it's 
It's fun. It's group. It's good. It does. It does what you expect it to do. I think it's just, yeah. Like I said, I just think it's been, it's undermined by a level of ridiculousness in its human characters that I just can't. I just can't go with, or just can't mesh with. And I'm and I'm a guy who watched ridiculous action movies and 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 bollocks like that on a on a weekly basis, but. When even I start questioning the ridiculousness of certain things, that's when it's not good, <laughs> in a way. And I'm not, and I'm not laughing, going, "Oh, isn't this fun?" It's like, no, I'm laughing because it's terrible. Um, and yeah, but anyway, do let us know your thoughts on Godzilla versus Kong. Filmroll at bunkers.co.uk is the place to send your thoughts. Right now, before we wrap up, because we're doing new guest reviewer spots, I'm going to do something incredibly something new, and I'm going to ask you, Jenny, to recommend to me, a film that you have recently seen and you think other people should be watching it. So anything, so even- Recently if, seen? Yeah, even if like you've watched something on Netflix or Netflix or oh, Disney Plus or God. Amazon or something like that. You have put me on the bloody spot here, mate. Uh, tell you what, I am going to recommend if you haven't seen it because it's the only thing that springs to mind It's something I wanted to rewatch recently. Yeah. Um, is the- Dragon Ball Z super film, um, like the Broly one. I saw that at the most cinema. recent one. I saw that at the cinema. It I, is. I enjoyed it. Considering I'm not a massive Dragon Ball Dragon Ball fan, and I and I haven't watched a lot of the movies for a self-contained mm. story, for a self-contained movie as well, based within the franchise. I thought it was really good. It's just, it, it just it kind of just wants the fight with Vegeta, Goku, yeah. and Broly starts. It's kind of like all all guns are blazing to the end credits. That thing is like that. It knows exactly what it is, yeah. right? It gives like a weird. It gives a new backstory to to Broly as a new character because this isn't the the old Broly. This is a brand new one. Um, it gives like backstory on like the Saiyans and stuff. Um, and then you get to like twenty minutes into the film, and then it is a forty minute fight scene until the film ends. Pretty much, like <laughs> it. it the 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 bunch of animation studios worked on it um so it it's never it's never a film where you are visually not entertained there is so much on screen happening all the time the colors are always so vibrant and oh they were very the vibrant changing the animation fights. styles and like the fights really work well um and it's got like a lot more humor in it than i thought it would have as well um mm. like um I think there's a bit where they basically like um, Vegeta and Goku realize that they can't like beat Broly in the state that they're both in at the time. So they like basically run away, but they run away by like flying past Freezer. And then like Freezer's just like, no. And Broly's just like, <laughs> well, here's something to punch. And he just starts wailing into him. And it's yeah. one of the funniest things because it's like Fre Freezer is like a reoccurring villain. And he's always like, I am the stronger. And he's just like, in, in Japanese, they have he has like this like whiny voice. And it's just incredible to watch him be like, no, fuck. And the guy just starts pounding into him. And then Goku and Vegeta <laughs> just escape. They just leave. Um, and then like, and they spend half an hour doing like the, do you have the the bit where they're like they're trying to do the fusion thing oh, yeah, and they end up in like the weird body shapes like they end up with the fat guy they end up with the really skinny guy and they end up with the old guy um and it's it is really good in the in in the really like condensed way that we we rem it's really good in the condensed way that we remember Dragon Ball Z storylines yeah 
because it's like you remember the fight with Cell. You don't remember like thirty episodes of like how they got to like the power up bit. Yeah, it is literally just like it is a really condensed, really slim version of an entire arc in a film, and it's really well animated. It's really colorful. It's really vibrant. The set pieces are really cool. The soundtrack absolutely slaps, yeah. and at the end, song I would great. really Blizzard. recommend it. Yeah, I yeah, Dragon Ball Broly. When I remember seeing it so much, I I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to because it's like I I, mm. I had seen the old Dragon Ball movie, which was kind of like sometimes there it was all right, and sometimes it, it it felt just like it was just too long for the sake of being too long, but there was something really balanced about Broly, and. And I think, yeah, the new characterization behind Broly works as well in terms of, of his place in the super universe. So, yeah, I uh, yeah. No, it's a good good shout. Good shout. And, and for, for listeners, it's currently available uh, to rent digitally on Amazon Prime. That is why I couldn't find it on Netflix because it yes. was on Netflix until a little while ago. And I was like, oh, I'll rewatch it. Yeah. And it's now no longer there. But yeah. the other two films are. Um, yeah. The other two films are not as good but they're interesting watches. Yeah. Um, Resurrection of Frieza explains... Uh, no, sorry. Resurrection of F explains yeah. why Frieza is now gold. And then Battle of the Gods explains why um, the guy with the white hair is here. <laughs> um, and there is a weird dog thing looking after Bulma's kids. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, it, it, it works in to, like, the other, like, Dragon Ball Super. Um, obviously, if you follow that anime series which is meant to be a retelling with extra stuff towards the end of the Dragon Ball Z storyline. Yeah. Um, I mean, even... it's, yeah, no, Broly's really good. Uh, I def- also definitely recommend you watch it in uh, Japanese because it has a lot more um, emphasis on the comedic elements um, that I don't feel quite work in the English version. Right. So thank you much, Shenny's. So before we go, it's time for a brand new part of the show where we say a big thank you to our patron supporters. <laughs> And on this episode of Film Raw, we are giving a massive round of applause to Loco is Great and Harriet, aka Manga Girl, for their support on the Golden Monster tier on the Bunkers at a UK Patreon. Now, if you would like your name shouted out on Film Raw, head on over to patreon.com slash Bunkers at a UK and sign up as a big monster for £6 a month and request your Film Raw sound out. Or alternatively, you can feature on every podcast and stream that we do on Bunkazilla by signing up as a Golden Monster for £10 a month. As a Patreon subscriber, you'll get your name listed in the fabled Hall of Monsters, which is on bunkazilla.co.uk. You'll get early access to videos and podcasts, just like this episode of Film Raw, early ahead of general release. And you can have a chance to get more involved in shows like The Big Stomp, and you can help submit topics for the Raggedy Man and his panel of guests to talk about. Patreon.com slash Bunkers of the UK is the place to go if you want to help support us monsters of culture. And if you enjoyed the podcast, do hit that subscribe button on your favourite podcast platform, and that way you'll get brand new episodes of the show when they get released. Um, We've said the email address several times in the show, but if you want to share your thoughts on anything that we've covered in this episode, do email us at filmroar at bunkazilla.co.uk. And there's a world of monstrous geeky content to enjoy on our main website, again, over at bunkazilla.co.uk. Or you can even join us on our weekly Twitch streams over at twitch.tv slash bunkazillauk. Jenny, time for some plugs. Plug away. Ooh, I don't, hmm, I don't have much to plug this week. Okay. Um, I... 
Yeah, feel free to follow me on Twitter if you feel the need for some bad takes, especially about film and anime and games and whatever. Um, at the moment, I'm not exactly working on a lot of projects outside of the stuff that people already know I'm working on. Um, but yeah, feel free to follow me on Twitter at DJ Shenny, and that'll be that. Lovely stuff. Right, we will be back very soon with another episode of Film Raw. Uh, a big thank you for Shani for joining me and talking all things Godzilla versus Kong. And a big thank you, of course, to you, the listeners, for tuning in and listening. So until next time, keep it cinematic. Adios. <laughs>